Welcome back to When Cinephiles Attack, a weekly podcast where four movie fans test the limits of their friendship. I'm Josh, here with... Mella. Lacey. And before we get started, everyone, please, 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 if you haven't already, go on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Go ahead and follow us, subscribe, leave a rating and review. That helps us out immensely. If you want to check us out on any social media, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Cinephile Attack. And if you have any suggestions for a new episode or just want to send us some love or some hate mail, send it to whencinephilesattack at gmail.com. All right, everybody. I want to get right into it. Um, In terms of the pod and movies we brought in, I've admittedly kind of held my choices close to my chest. Lacey, I think, is has brought in a lot of her favorite movies, which has caused some heartbreak where Sean has to, even Mella. Sure has. <laughs> I kind of haven't. I've brought in a lot of movies I like or even love, but none of really my favorites. That changes today. I'm bringing in one of my favorite movies of all time, um, but to make sure I didn't get too hurt, I brought in some backup. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the guests for today's episode... Mr. Taylor Burgraff. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Hello, hello. What's up? Welcome. Great to be here. Taylor. So excited. Tell us about yourself. How do you know me? Everybody else. Give us give us a lowdown on what makes you tick. Uh, Yeah, so I'm Taylor. I have known Josh Vetter for over 20 years now, which seems insane to me. Makes me want to throw up. Yeah, yeah. It felt (laughs) bad in the pit of my stomach. It felt very bad to say coming out of my mouth. And so we were the best man at each other's wedding. So, of course, I know Lacey because I was technically in her wedding as well. Uh, she was also in my wedding. So that's fun. Technically. Technically, you know, according to the program, I guess. <laughs> uh, and so uh, Josh and I have been running deep. Is that the phrase? Running deep since. Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's it. The kids are saying that. The kids say it. I love the kids. Mm-hmm. Just excited to be here. I'm also just a huge fan of the pod. I've listened to every episode. I think I was the first non-pod member subscriber and commenter. You were. Like oh, this, yeah. this is one of my daily routines, and I'm just so honored to be here with you guys today. If you guys are mean to him, it's indicative that you hate our fans. So There you go. Yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> he knew what he was doing when he came on the show, okay? For everyone listening, this is Taylor, Rashawn, and Mel's first time officially meeting each other. So. Yeah, it's going to get rough really quick. <laughs> nice to meet you, man. <laughs> Hello, Tay. Nice, nice to meet you. My bad. Uh, some of your movies are poor. <laughs> Tay. Can I call you Tay? I feel like we just met, but I'm going to call you Tay. Um, everyone does, so. Okay, cool. <laughs> What movie would you say made you a cinephile? So I knew this question was coming and I had to decide which of the questions you always ask to guess was going to be Star Wars as the answer. And, and I, <laughs> I decided this one was going to be Star Wars. So uh, for me, Star Wars A New Hope uh, kind of did like two different things for me that really made me love films and movies and kind of just art in general. Which was one, I think it's the first time as a kid I realized that a fictional story could have such deep lore and such like wide breadth in terms of its people and places and things and Mm storylines to the point where it felt like as a kid it had to be real. There's no way it could not be real. There's just so much in it. And the other thing that Star Wars A New Hope does for me is it bridges a generational gap. It showed me that art has a beautiful way of bridging gaps between peoples uh, because it is also my mother's favorite movie. Uh, She saw the original Star Wars 13 times in a theater when it first came out. Um, Come on, Lynn. That's not an exaggeration. And so that that generational gap is truly bridged between the two of us through this film. And so (laughs) that's why it's my favorite movie. That's why I have a Star Wars tattoo. Like it means the world to me and my family. Uh, And it's just 
an incredible movie. Uh, film is probably a strong word for the Star Wars franchise. <laughs> I, I would say it's not as classy as that word uh, means. Art subjective. So you know what? There you go. Uh, the Star Star Wars is the Mona Lisa of uh, filmmaking. <laughs> there I said it here. First hot take of the day. <laughs> oh shit. Let's go. Swinging. I love that. I love that. Taylor, Mr. Burgraff, for $1 million, what movie could you quote from start to finish? Okay, this this is a very, very tough question for me because uh, Josh is my witness. I do not remember words to things at all. <laughs> Movies. We did theater growing Songs, doesn't matter. No, nothing. No words do not penetrate my mind for some reason. Uh, so, I mean, I would try things like... I love you, man, which was brought to the pod earlier uh, because we watched it so often. I could probably get some of the lines, but I truly don't believe there is a movie I could 100%. Um, <laughs> That's fair. That's like, fair. We love the honesty. Probably the most honest answer we've gotten <laughs> so mm-hmm. far. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've, I've, I've had a job where I've had to memorize a script in the past, and I still couldn't get to 100%. So there's no way Hell yeah. that, like, I hit a movie at that level either. Scripts are just vibe suggestions and nothing more. Joshua. That's it. That that should be written on your tombstone. <laughs> All right, Taylor. You're warmed up. Let's get into it. Mm-hmm. It's time to pick a bone. Yeah. What opinion, episode, hot take have you heard in our past 50 episodes that you were just like, nope, going to hold on to that and get on the mic and I got some shit to say. Air it out. Uh, Rashawn Mella, it's been so good to live in this world where we're not mad at each other until this moment. <laughs> uh, Let's go! I asked the question. You can't go. No, that, I, I have been waiting for this moment for almost six months now. I just want to. I just want to tell you. Oh goodness! Uh, I know. I feel like I'm leveling up. <laughs> Let's go. I would like to submit to the court evidence that I'm referring to as evidence A, which is a text message I sent Josh Vetter on December 17th, 2020. Oh, no. Which is this. Oh, no. I'm just finally getting the time to listen to the Scrooged episode, and it's slightly blood boiling. Next, next text message. I've just gotten to the point where you have to explain the foundational reasoning for Christmas movies. <laughs> The court confirms existence of said text messages. I literally did my lawn this morning and listened to that episode again oh, because I wanted to just I wanted to be put into the that mood again because I think that's oh, no. that's where you need to be for this podcast. I think the one thing that gets me every time is in the is like right as you're getting into the the, the discussion about Scrooge, Rashawn says out loud, "I don't like a Christmas Carol." And then for the next hour, the next hour, he nitpicks A Christmas Carol, not Scrooge, just the story of A Christmas Carol. That's not true. And then at the end, it, it is all, I just listened to it like two hours ago. Well, agree to disagree, Taylor. Agree to disagree. <laughs> I, I also love when, when you say, what is the point of the end of this movie? And literally the song at the end says, and the world will be a better place. It's like screaming at you. That's the the reason this movie exists is because tomorrow is a better day than yesterday was. Hey Taylor, question. Yeah. And yeah. The, it it felt that feels good. I see why you do this every week. It feels really good. In the many shows you and I have done together, uh, I believe it was our junior in high school, what musical did we do again? Uh, a Christmas Carol. The court rests its case. <laughs> Look, (laughs) heard, accepted. I do not care how many friends you bring on this podcast. The movie blows. (laughs) I'm bringing the whole town of Fairmont next episode. (laughs) You wait until Jeff gets in this podcast and starts ripping you a new one about Scrooge. Just wait, motherfucker. (laughs) It's, I can't even, I can't even defend it. I just don't, I don't have the the composition to watch that movie anymore. (laughs) 
Do you mean the like composition? The... I was gonna say the the skin tone, baby. Cause me either. Baby. Mentally, emotionally, racially, skin I don't know. <laughs> well, I can't argue that what how it, that's you, dude. Like however you're feeling on that level, like I can't. I'm not touching that. Uh, so um, <laughs> what are we fighting about today? Oh boy, Josh. Noah. For the very first time. I knew it. I watched. Moneyball. Is threatening the game, threatening the way that they do things. Hey, Daddy, do you think you'll lose your job? What? Where'd you hear that? Well, I go on the internet sometimes. Don't go on the internet. Watch TV or talk to people. You're discounting what scouts have done for 150 years. What the hell am I doing? What is happening in Oakland? It defies everything we know about baseball. Just plain crazy. If we win with this team, we'll change the game. This better work. I'm just kidding. Moneyball is a 2011 comedy drama sports film directed by Bennett Miller, written by Stephen Zalian and Aaron Sorkin, starring Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, Robin Wright, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Chris Pratt, Stephen Bishop, among others. It is based on the true story of Billy Bean, former Oakland Athletics general manager, who with the help of the fictional Peter Brand, based off of a real person, revamps the way baseball is played off the field. Bean takes the Oakland A's as one of the smallest market teams in baseball and makes them competitive against some of the biggest markets like the Yankees by going for hard stats instead of what was used in baseball for the longest time, hunches. More than just the story of baseball, it's a story of Bean and his coming to grips with his life as a former prospect and his coming to terms with what he is doing with his life, what came of his life, the decisions he made, and what he has to do going forward. Look, how can you not be romantic about baseball? That's one. This movie is like it was made for me. If you know anything about me, you know how much I love Brad Pitt. For better or for worse, I love Aaron Sorkin. I'm sorry. I can't help it. I'm a straight white man. I love Aaron Sorkin. It's a sports movie. This movie, I think, on the surface, on paper, seems like just another baseball movie, but I think think it's so much more than that. I think it's a really character-driven story about Billy Bean. I think it's more about Billy Bean than the Oakland A's or baseball or anything. And I think Brad Pitt gives one of the best performances of his career. And I think this is a prime example of an understated performance that doesn't get enough credit specifically because it's understated. It's not loud. It's not flashy. But Brad Pitt is Billy Bean in this movie. He encompasses it entirely. Jonah Hill knocks it out of the park. He's given a tightrope of comedic relief and dramatic exposition that he... He walks deftly. The late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman was truly lights out in any role he's given. Pre-Star Lord Chris Pratt was great. I, I, like, I truly don't know what else to say about this movie in specifics, aside from I love it and I'm ready uh, to defend it till my dying breath. <laughs> Ooh. Period. Who wants to take a swing at it? Oh, my God. Well, Taylor's your guest, right? So, Taylor, why don't you? Hold on, hold on, hold start? on, hold on. Taylor, why don't you save it? Because I want to hear the negative first. Smart. I'll go first then. Um, <laughs> so, like I said, my first time watching it, uh-huh. I really had nothing, like no idea as to what I was getting into. Yeah, what what did you know about it going in at all? Baseball, Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill. That's it. So I even, when you said that you might bring it to the pod, I was like, oh my God, is it like Jerry Maguire, but with Brad Pitt? Because I'm down. And you were like, no. And it really, it really isn't. It really isn't. Um, As I was watching it, I was like, I get why Josh loves this movie so much. But um, I thought it was fucking boring. I, that's, I, that's verbatim. I knew that was going to be your review. (laughs) Quote, I thought it was fucking boring. Why? I'll get into specifics later, but I think Brad Pitt 
was carrying the whole fucking movie on his shoulders. He carries every movie on his shoulders. That's not fair. Not all. He's he's good. He's Brad Pitt. He's great. He's a movie star. But if I had never seen Brad Pitt in anything else and then I saw him in in this movie, I would be like, I get it. Because this movie would be a snooze fest if it wasn't for Brad Pitt. What about Jonah Hill? Jonah Hill's great. Yeah, I think that's belittling Jonah Hill's performance in this. Jonah a bit. Jonah Hill's good. He's good. He's good. But I mean, he don't say much. But when he does, it's he's kind of just the scouting table scenes are some of the best funny. scenes in all of cinema. And I will be taking. Give me two hours of them around that scouting table. I'll take it every time. All of cinema. <laughs> oh my god! All of cinema. All of cinema. All of cinema. Tarantino could never. We're not doing this today. We're not doing this today. <laughs> uh, Lacey, what do you think? Oh, Josh. Oh, no. Yes, my sweet wife. Don't bully her emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> I can look at Moneyball, and I think it has great performances. I think it has great writing. I think there are some really lovely directorial moments in it. I, I can see all of the pieces that make a great movie in Moneyball. Why is, why is there a butt coming then? Why can't you just leave it as, I see the great pieces of a movie? Because Moneyball feels like a baseball game. It is <laughs> the slowest <laughs> paced. Easy on the EST there. <laughs> movie. That I think we have brought to the podcast. It is whoa, a whoa, whoa, whoa. it is a snail's pace throughout the movie. That us. So is Jaws. No, not like this. Not like this. No. There's no shark in Moneyball. So. <laughs> there's, 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 there's the longest run streak in AL history. That segment. Josh, is- Josh, Josh. Not every movie can be Charlie's Angels full throttle. I mean, let's be oh honest. Oh my god! <laughs> Come on! <laughs> not you saying that like it's an insult, because it's fucking not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying? Just that. it's I, I see all of the makings of a great movie in it. I think it has great moments, but the pacing of it is too slow. It's way too slow for me. For you. <laughs> yep. uh, let's, cut, let's, let's cut to Taylor. Uh, I also love this movie, but I really do like what Lacey was just saying uh, because I love baseball. I will watch a three and a half hour baseball game every night if you give me the opportunity to do so. Um, Can you confirm? I, I think this movie is great. Every single actor is just playing their heart out like they do encapsulate what they're going for. I think every single one has an arc that is incredibly appropriate for that character. I think Jonah Hill goes, does an amazing uh, walk of someone who goes from barely being able to speak in a meeting to talking to professional baseball players about how to play baseball. It, it, they do some really great things. It is subtle and it is long And I also totally understand that they're kind of asking you to know not just baseball, but some of the weird contract negotiations and payrolls in baseball in order for you to really get under the hood of Moneyball. And so I can see where that that can struggle. I also, uh, as I was watching it this time, realized how quiet it was. Uh, There's almost no Mm -hmm. music throughout this entire film, it feels like. Um, so that when it does come, mainly during that last uh, game uh, with uh, Chris Pratt's home run, it, you feel something there that's a little bit more because it feels different than everything else. I do differ from Josh in that I do not care about Billy Bean's backstory. I do not care about his child. I do not care about his awkward ex-wife's <laughs> husband. I just care about the Oakland Athletics and baseball (laughs) and how they're trying to change the entire paradigm of how baseball is run in major league baseball. Uh, So that is where Josh and I differ, but I also think it's an incredible film. Uh, And, but I kind of see what Lacey's saying. Uh, 
but I think not yeah. everything has to punch you in the face with speed and hard cuts. Like there is a place for slowing down your life and, and just relaxing and, and eating a hot dog and watching a, a man eat way too much during this film. Like I know Brad Pitt's thing is that he eats, he is constantly got something in his mouth and snacking, it's annoying. dude. He's snacking. He was once called the Lawrence Olivier of eating. And that's, I'm not <laughs> joking. There's an article that calls him the Lawrence Olivier of eating. And I weirdly agree because when Brad Pitt is eating, he looks like someone who, like, I could name a dozen movies where someone is eating and it's, they take a, they take a Squidward eating a Krabby Patty sized bite or they're <laughs> clearly drinking out of a cup that doesn't have anything in it. Not Brad. When Brad Pitt eats, it's like, that. That's a guy eating. That Twinkie is gone. That's a man eating. He almost bit the finger. <laughs> that's a man eating. That's a man eating man eater. That's Rashawn. <laughs> what? Uh, one second. Wait. 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 One, two, three, four. Okay. I want to make sure. I just want to double check. Rashawn, I I want to know your thoughts of the six-time Oscar-nominated <laughs> film Moneyball. Oh, is it six-time Oscar nominated, or is it so underappreciated? Which one is it? Ooh, ooh, ooh! Oh, when did I say it was underappreciated? You definitely said Brad Pitt was underappreciated when he got pretty much the highest appreciation you can get. I'm ter- I'm talking about in terms of like acting overall performances. I'm just poking fun. I'm getting a sense it's underappreciated in this room. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I feel like, surprisingly, I could end up, like, refereeing this episode a little bit because I do agree. I think it's solid, excellent filmmaking across the board. The performances are all pitch perfect. I even like the little detour to, to Robin Wright with the little Spike Jones cameo. It's just <laughs> great. Um, I think that Sorkin does a lot of this where you don't necessarily care about maybe you didn't think you cared about the creation of Facebook until David Fincher got his hands on it maybe you didn't really care about what happened behind those three like keynote events with Steve Jobs until you saw what Danny Boyle did and then you get to statistics and baseball I really don't care about this personally (laughs) (laughs) And that's great. I love I love movies that take something that you, even though I know baseball is like super as American as apple pie, I get it. I do not give a lick about baseball in any shape, form, or fashion. And I was interested. But then I do agree with Mel and Lacey where I don't know if the movie needed to be 215. Like, it's just long. And it feels like there's three it different didn't. endings i'm here to tell you it didn't <laughs> <laughs> it feels like there's three different endings and mm-hmm. yeah i just do, i don't care about baseball at all man <laughs> but this movie almost did a good job at making me care about it so i i'm i'm in the middle i think that's a mark of a really great movie or a great screenplay and and i want to shout out to steven zalian wrote the original draft of the screenplay and Aaron Sorkin was hired to rewrite it. And Aaron Sorkin liked it so much and said he wanted to change so little that he had in his contract that he would only rewrite it if Steven Zalian also received credit on the screenplay. So I don't know what I'm assuming Sorkin came in and did most of the dialogue. But for what it's worth, Steven Zalian also gets a lot of that credit. Yeah, you can feel the the patter, the Sorkin pattern. Especially in the in the scouting room scenes, that's raw dog Sorkin right there. I wish you wouldn't describe it like that. <laughs> I really agree. <laughs> so I think that's the mark of a great film and a, a great screenplay is taking a subject you don't care about, actively don't care about. Mel, how, how many baseball games are you going out of your way to watch? Uh, zero. <laughs> but, okay, so you thought it was boring. I did. Did you ever actively wish you weren't watching it? This is this pauses break. <laughs> um, no, I mean, Rashawn said that it's a good movie. Like, I, I'm not going to sit here on this pod and be like, this movie was trash. 
because it, it it is a good movie but i feel like when i when the credits were rolling i was like all right <laughs> like it, i just didn't have any feelings about it i was like all right i felt like this was a classic dad movie mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know how you were saying there's things about baseball even there's deeper things about baseball that we don't know clearly and that's what this movie is about and at one point I turned to Rashawn and I'm like, I feel like I don't know what the fuck is going on. I know what's going on plot wise, but I don't know what the fuck is going on. I feel like if I was watching a movie like this about surgery, about a heart surgery, and all of the doctors are talking in their fucking medical jargon, I would just be like, huh? What are you talking? I don't know. Don't you watch doctor TV shows? Grey's Anatomy does not count. Okay, and well, that's okay. That's me. Okay, <laughs> that's true. So, you like the social network, right, Mel? I do like the social network. How much do you know about coding? I am a coder. I'm just kidding. No, but this is what I was, my point that I was going to make next is that I'm coming to find that I don't really like Aaron Sorkin. I'm sorry. Um, there's just a, a lot oh, of his well. movies, Steve Jobs, Social Network, Molly's Game, this one. They have leading roles that I love. And I watch it for that reason. And I feel like if they weren't in it, I probably wouldn't watch it. That's how I feel. I think Sorkin movies have a very, they're a very leading role forward. But to Taylor's point, I'm looking at the top six, seven people on this cast list. And all of those characters have an arc. If you watch it and you watch for those characters... All the way down to Stephen Bishop's character, David Justice. Mm-hmm. He has an arc. All he, all he needs is that one scene. But from when we first meet him to the end of the movie, even he has grown. And I, and I think that's what this movie is about. I mean, that's the subtext of this movie. That's the undercurrent. Is all of these characters and all of these players and and the effect this moment in time is having on them. Yes, it's having an effect on baseball as a whole and on the Oakland A's. But it's also, I mean, it, uh, Scott ha- Hatterberg, Hattie, Chris Pratt's character, This is, that all happened. He went to first base and he ended up with a, uh, a higher defensive score average or a higher defensive score rating when he retired than the average first baseman. Like all of these things happened and had an effect on people and you have to watch it for these people. And yes, it's all... It's all in the veil of baseball, but I mean... It's not in a veil. How can you not be romantic about baseball? That's too. I hate it. Well, I I will (laughs) say the social network is not about coding. It's about how good people are at it. And Moneyball spends a lot more time on the statistics and less about the people that are doing it. It's about how good Jonah Hill and Brad Pitt are at those statistics. I don't know that Brad Pitt's very good at it. He's not. He's no, learning. He... Taylor? Sorry, Taylor. I, I would say that this movie... No, <laughs> trust me. I've spent 20 years with Josh Vetter. I have been interrupted before. Uh, uh, th- this movie, in my mind, it, it's like the ultimate... It's an underdog story. It's David versus Goliath. It's uh, uh, it, it truly that, that foundation like you're talking about. It's not about coding. It's not about statistics. It's about how do you beat a system that intrinsically is against you? So that you you can't win just by who you are. Like, how do you basically beat a system that's been around for almost a hundred years, and how do you beat it uh, with your brain instead of just like punching people in the face? And, and or that's throwing money at it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's the storyline that I follow. Is like, how do you beat the Yankees? And maybe that's because I also follow a small market team that struggled to get free agents to come to it, um, and so I see the Minnesota Twins in this athletics team but but i watched that david and goliath story come on that's romantic and and that's why the end scene is so great and and the problem with it is again you have to know a little bit about baseball to get it is he's being offered the the gm position at the red sox who are one of those big market teams the thing that he'd been trying to rally against the entire movie they're offering him a big money contract, the thing he's been fighting this entire movie, and he takes the higher ground and doesn't take it. To that point, though, it, the movie tell if you don't know about baseball, the movie will tell you when it's 
when it's insider baseball. When the owner of the Red Sox goes, why'd you take my call? Brad Pitt goes, it's the Red Sox. And then later, Jonah Hill says you'd be the highest paid GM in all of sports history. That the Red Sox have money. Mm -hmm. It's the Red Sox. So you don't have to know baseball. You just kind of listen. I was listening. I was awake. I'm never... I'm never confused. The movie's pretty clear on who the little guy is and who the big dogs with the big money are. I just, I think a lot of that is spent on like the crackling energy and the the back and forth scenes. The scenes with, the scene with him when he wants to trade, help me out. Gee. He's making the mid-season trade, the (laughs) three-way trade. Yes. Pena? Not Pena. I think it's right after that. What? Giambi? Giambi. Oh, and wow. She was listening. I told you, bitch. <laughs> and it's him, him, Jonah in the office, and he keeps shouting out to his secretary. That's just like classic Sorkin dialogue interplay. I and it's that. great. <laughs> but it's the in-betweens where I'm like, I, 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 it just doesn't carry me to the next really good crackling scene so it's the scenes where actual baseball is being played i don't think there's that much baseball in this movie until the until the final act okay so pacing too long what would you cut out of it Lacey or mella i don't that's the thing is i don't i don't know necessarily that there's a lot i would i don't think we need all of the flashbacks of bean i think we get He's fucking hot but we don't need that <laughs> that actor has like three credits and two of them are are for playing a young brad i mean it's get your money dude (laughs) like great great casting yeah um i don't think we need all of that i think we get enough of billy bean in what brad pitt gives us in his performance there's not a lot i would cut out but Rashawn, i loved the word that you used crackling for those scenes like around the table or that scene where they're the mid-season trade because that energy is palpable but I feel like it drops in between and I'm all for stillness I'm all for quiet but there's there's just too much of it there's too much of it (laughs) I don't I don't know I, I I I don't know if it's just picking up the pacing in those scenes, I don't know if it's... Here's the thing. I think Brad Pitt is brilliant in this, but his <laughs> his his stakes to me don't what are you, careful, feel walk carefully, ma'am. that high. His stakes are just kind of like, I want to change it. I want to... Let's try this. I don't know. I'm bored. Let's try this. Mm-hmm. No! It's losing your job. Like, he... He's cut after this year if it doesn't work. His stakes. His Where? St- when did that happen? His, the guy is offering a contract sp- to him at the beginning. He's like, here, at, let's keep going. At the beginning? What? Right? No. The, he offers a contract to Baby Bean. No, no, no. I'm not talking about as a baseball player. The meeting he has with the owner of the Oakland A's at the beginning. No, that's that's just him telling the owner, hey, we're losing these players and we're probably not going to win next year. He's he's asking not for more money for himself, but more money to spend to get better players. Right. I get that. Scene. But like that there's no Rashawn, help me out, because I saw you nodding. His stakes are not high. There's a devil may care attitude to him in a lot of the scenes. He is dismantling a, a system that has been in place this whole for like a hundred years. And the movie is on Brad Pitt's side. The movie's on Billy's side. So everyone else in the room seems like the antagonist. But if you put yourself in any of the other scouting's shoes, you're like, this guy is just going off on a rogue mission. And how are we just supposed to get with it? You know, he doesn't, he never explains himself. He's just like, this is what we're doing. This guy's here. He's new. He's going to help me do this and we're doing it. You know, so I think Mm -hmm. that's where... Maybe that's where it feels like there's no stakes because he's Brad Pitt. He leans back in his chair. He spits out some sunflower seeds. And he's like, we're fucking doing this. And you either get on board or you don't. I think I couldn't disagree with you 
both more. Whatever. I think Billy Bean cares about two <laughs> things in his life, his daughter and winning. And I think the stakes are at 100 for him each game. He's so superstitious. He cares about winning so much. He won't even be in the same city as his team sometimes. Look at what happened when he when he found out Giambi was dancing after a loss when he fucking blew up at the team. Nothing matters to him more than winning. When he when when Jonah Hill tells him about winning the record, he doesn't give a shit about records. When he when uh, when he's talking to the other GMs, unless you win the last game of the season, no one cares. All Billy cares about is winning. And because we found out from the flashbacks that he spent a lot of time where he was supposed to win and the world told him he was going to win and he spent all of that time not winning, all that matters to him is winning. I think you see it. I think you're right, Rashawn, in that Billy Bean doesn't show those stakes. I think he is putting on a mask of confidence to the people around him in this situation. And I think that's intentional. I think you're supposed to see that conflict in everyone else as uh, the manager is freaking out, as the scouts are freaking out, as his own daughter is like, hey, I heard you're going to get fired on the Internet. And then we have these very weird, they're weird in my mind, short moments where he's like, in his car, like doing donuts in the parking lot because he's about to like have a mental breakdown in the middle of this. Um, but I, I think everything else is like a mask of confidence because he's got to be the leader and that's how leadership in the 90s works, I suppose. <laughs> no, that's so great. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Those like private moments where he's where he has the anxiety, the, the final game when he goes into the gym by himself and he kind of regrets showing up so i i yeah I, uh, I see what you're saying i just I, I see what you're saying too but i also don't feel like it's 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 like not quite enough take for the, me take the daughter stuff out sorry take it out <gasps> then you wouldn't give a shit about billy bean I, at I, all why not i would agree with Rashawn. speak on it taylor Say it again taylor. You, no stop you just gasped when he said that and now the the one moment where Taylor and I disagreed, now suddenly you're jumping on top of it. Hold He's got on. a new what? best no. friend. <laughs> Fuck them 20 years. I cannot wait to technically be in Rashawn's wedding. <laughs> Before we get into it, I want Lacey to make a definitive stand. Would you take out the daughter in the movie? Yes. Oh! You're full of shit. Mella? No. I wouldn't. Come on, Mel. I would leave her in. Let's get remarried. I want to be best man. It's three to two. It's three to wow. two. Wow. Wow. The tables have turned really quickly in this podcast. Here's what I will say. I think she is precious. I think their moments together are lovely. They're beautiful. They do not serve the story that we're trying to tell at all. It gives Billy humanity. We have that. We have that already. I'll go. I say keep her in because I think how you said it does give him humanity. And that's the part that I like more because me as a viewer, I don't know about baseball. I don't really get that. But when I see him doing all of this and I know that he's trying to take care of his daughter after this divorce, then it makes me care a little bit more. It makes me want to sit and watch these numbers on the screen and see why he's doing this because he has a daughter so you know when i said there are only two things he cares about his daughter winning it is an objective fact that with this model billy bean could have won in boston the movie essentially tells you that he would have won with the boston red sox yeah why do you think he stays in oakland his daughter he's an idiot his daughter is he, what? He's an idiot. <laughs> Take the 14 mil, my man. He cares about his daughter more than he cares about winning. That's that's why we have... But wait, his daughter... No, his daughter's not no. there. She has Mm-mm. to take a plane to and from whenever she meets him. So That's what I'm saying. She's not... He doesn't stay for his yeah. daughter because his daughter's not no. there with him. Where's his daughter then? It doesn't say, Josh. Closer to Boston. What How do you, you know, Rashawn? Your best friend just says... he puts her on a plane. I definitely thought so, he'd stay for his daughter. I think he's I think he's emotional 
because he could have taken that job and been closer to his daughter. No, but he decides you're making to that up now. For his no, team. we no. don't know. No, that I don't. That's why he's crying that in the car and he listens to her song. We don't know where she is. He's... I know she's not with him. Yeah, but we don't know where where she lives. So where's where is she on the? Why is he putting on her plane? I really do think she lives there. I need an answer. Maybe maybe it's like maybe it's like an Oakland to L.A. thing where he can drive to get her, but send her a plane to get back, a one-hour flight to get back. You know what? Let me just email Brad Pitt really quick. You don't have his fucking email. <laughs> Dear my new best friend, X's and O's. Uh, Brad Pitt just Josh responded. Carter. He said he said she lives in Los Angeles. Great, thanks. <laughs> That's what that's what that's what Brad Pitt told me. Oh, great! Look, if you take out the daughter, there, wh- where, what, 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 what? You would hate this movie then. No, I wouldn't. I don't want to take out the daughter. I don't think because anyone, and nobody in this heart? room hates the movie. No, no. But if you took out the daughter, I would not like it a little bit more. Where's the heart in the movie if you take out the daughter? Where is Billy? Where where does it? It's the David and Goliath story. It's the underdogs. That clearly wasn't enough already. You are getting so angry. Yes, I am. Because I lost Taylor. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Taylor would still love it if you took the daughter out. I would would too. It would be a a shorter, it would be a more succinct movie. I think you still get uh, the stakes of... Everybody hates him from all of the like radio commentators you get kind of in the transitional moments in the movie. Um, and the song she sings is a historical inaccuracy in the movie. That song was not. I yet. know. Everyone so, knows. It takes place in the two in 20, 2002. And that song came so out. So she's in already ruined the movie. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I will say I'm not I'm not going to the other side, but that daughter looks nothing like Brad Pitt. That's all I'm gonna say. Well, maybe that's why they got divorced. Ooh. <laughs> Whoa. Ooh. <laughs> that is not their kid. That little mushroom cut, that nose, no mama. Don't it the haircut doesn't can, can I tell you I was really hoping that that child would be put in a really bad wig so I could hear Mela talk about a wig a little bit in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> are there any wigs in this movie? I don't think there are. Is Brad Pitt wearing a wig in this movie at any no. point in time? I thought he was, but I don't think he is. I think Same. that's just his hair. No, that's his hair, dude. No, but there's like there are a couple scenes in the back where it's like hairsprayed or or gelled and it like it's, it's given a little duck cute. flap in the back. I think that's uh-huh. intentional. I think he's supposed to be I think it's intentional, to... Josh. To look like does it look bad, you mean? No, it just is something. I was looking for a wig because I was hoping for the same thing. Well, that's why you weren't focusing on the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I will say just like a small thing that I noticed is that his house is still decorated as it was when they got divorced. And I thought that was really fucking sad. Actually, in real life, he got remarried and they he has a, a second wife that they shot, that they cut for time. It's in the Blu-ray. Oh. That's why he's wearing a wedding ring. Okay, I he wondered did, that. They did it for the wife, but not the daughter. Jesus! Should have done the daughter. <laughs> Should have done the daughter, yeah, too. Yes, Taylor, yeah. <laughs> I, something, a cool, little, a cool little nugget I wanted to say before I forget. Stephen Bishop, the guy who played David Justice, played in the minor league. He played minor league baseball, and his nickname actually was Young Justice because of how he looked so much like David Justice and played like David Justice. He looks hella like David Justice. That's oh, crazy. wow. Also, what an awesome nickname. I want to be called Young, Young Justice. Justice. <laughs> yeah. Lacey, what did you like about the movie? I love Jonah Hill. Speak on it. I love Jonah Hill. I thought his performance, I mean, up until this point, we had just seen him in his you know, height of comedic acting and to see him in a role like this that is so understated and controlled. I mean, it was really, his performance is powerful in it. You know what? Wait, that's where the heart of the movie is. Jonah? It's in the change that you see Bean bring out in Peter. Because like Taylor said, he starts off not being able to speak in the movie. And then by the end of it, he's telling Billy what to do. He says, no, come to the tape room right now. So, yeah, I'm more invested in that and the growth 
there than I am in any of Billy Bean's personal life, honestly, because it's directly related to baseball as well. It's related to the team. I didn't like baseball. What's the messaging here, women? Excuse me? You and Mella are all over the place. I thought you didn't like baseball, but now you want the story all to be about baseball? I I never never said said I didn't like baseball. I played softball for nine years. I said this movie was boring. I am literally the only person that said that, and you attacked the two women. Wow. Yeah, (laughs) because they don't like the movie, and you said you kind of I never said that, Josh. Play it back. I told Rashawn, I feel like I could like everything about baseball. You have hot men. You have tight pants and booties. You have beer. You have hot dogs. You have peanuts. And then you have the game, which I really don't care about. But I love this, like, all-American vibe that you get from it. But that is not this movie. If I want to see that, I'll watch A League of Their Own. But that I don't mm, love. Bring like, that this, to like, the pod. Let's run it back. Let's run it back. You have hot men. Yeah? Yeah. You have peanuts. Close mm-hmm. enough, you got some flower seeds. You got hot dogs. I'm sure there's a hot dog in there somewhere. There's a Twinkie. He eats that Twinkie like a hot dog. Crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Beer. Brad Pitt just drink a lot of beer in this. He sure does. For my own sanity, I'm going to go around the room. Okay. Because again, the messaging is getting a little lost in the sauce for me in terms of what people think of this movie. I think you're just very, understandably, I think you're just on the defense. Of course and I you're am. You're not listening to what we're saying. Of course I'm not. Mella. Yes. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs down. Well, Christ. See, I was right. I said thumbs down from the beginning. I thought you were going to go around the room, Josh. I am. I asked one person. What the hell? <laughs> Lacey. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Go to someone else. I have to go around the room. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs up. She said middle finger. (laughs) Damn straight. Rashawn. Mm -hmm. Thumbs up or thumbs down? What is the criteria? Is this the movie? Thumbs up or thumbs down? (laughs) Thumbs up or thumbs down? Just people go back and listen to what I said at the beginning, but thumbs down. Well, well, well. Oh, the turntables. (laughs) I feel like everybody had a, a good point as to why they didn't like it i said that i really think the performances are no, great everyone's point was bad dude the movie was boring every even taylor had bad points <laughs> I, to take out the daughter speaking of taylor taylor you're a history major i have a degree in history i would like to i'm not in <laughs> all right let's, let's let's taylor you have a degree in history thank you has there ever been a conflict with as many ally and enemy swappings as this episode um have you ever heard of this little thing called World War II? <laughs> I actually have, yeah. Okay. I've never heard of it. I would it. go I there. It's the World War II of baseball. This episode has been the World War II of my entire life. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Is that insensitive? Should we not have that in there? <laughs> It'll be all right. Okay. In the inverse, mm-hmm. is there? do you have anything that you would budge on in this movie? Are there any faults to this movie? I would budge on the flashbacks. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting, Josh, because I just saw you tweet last week that this is one of the five perfect movies I, ever created. Yeah, you if, saw that tweet, Taylor. You saw, I that, saw tweet. that tweet. Mm-hmm. I'll bring receipts. I'll bring receipts to the. The pod. question is if I would budge. I would budge a little on the flashbacks. If gun to my head, if I had to make a deci- make a change with this movie, I would trim some of the flashbacks. Go delete that tweet then. No. And the daughter, of course. I'm a man of my word. <laughs> and the daughter. To circle back to the crackling thing. I argue that those dialogue-heavy scenes that are crackling with energy don't hit as hard if you don't have the stillness in between. Is if you take out some of this stillness, some of this calm energy, why is that sending you through the roof right now, Lacey? Because I didn't say take it all I out. Was... I said there was too Agreed. much of it. it and it's just... not like those crackling scenes, they're not choreographing west side story they're still sitting down in a room snooze talk about a snooze fest oh my god we're not talking about west side story (laughs) you know what west side story did that moneyball didn't win best picture oh come on who was it up what was it up against doesn't matter hold it up doesn't matter different year (laughs) someone call sam (laughs) (laughs) yeah i will because he fucking hates west side story so yeah call sam it's i mean i don't i don't think that the those scenes are so different in comparison and energy 
It's just that when you get all those people in the room, when he throws the little magnet up on the board, that's just like movie star shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the so cool. If I could put that in a blender and drink it every morning for breakfast, Mm. I would. If I could drink <laughs> Brad Pitt every morning, oh I would. My God. We all would. Oh my God. Period. I am staying in my lane. <laughs> staying in my lane. Same, Taylor. Okay. Same. Does anyone have any anything else? I'll I'll say this too. I think he's he's been in the news a lot lately. I have a lot of opinions on 2021. Chris Pratt. I think this is one of his better performances in his career. I think he nails this part, and I think this is one of his best roles. I agree with you. I think you're fighting. You're fighting yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody was. Gonna. No. I. I. I'm. This is. This is our last moments to get any opinions out there before we move on. No, I bad. think I. I agree with you, but I think you could say that about any of the baseball players on the team. I think it's a really, really mm-hmm. solid yeah. ensemble piece in that sense. I think you could say that about any of the baseball players or any of the scouts. I think everyone. I mean, you have high caliber actors like Nick Searcy is one of the scouts. I don't think he has a single line on his own, but he's an acclaimed actor, you know, established people playing really minor roles. And that, I mean, it's apparent. I think, correct, I think half of those scouts are actual baseball scouts. Uh, That's what I said. Yay. Yeah, you can feel it too. Every once in a while, someone will say a line and be like, you are a scout. You are not an actor. (laughs) That old guy with the, with the, um, ear things that you put in your ear to help you hear. hearing aid thank you mella i think he's a yeah because yeah. when i was when i was watching that scene i was like are any of these real actual scouts it just had this energy like you said the he's got an ugly girlfriend line was Yikes. actually said as a scouting report but instead of lack of confidence the scouting report said he's got what? bad eyesight and that's and that's what Billy Bean was fighting against. Like, how can you not be romantic about baseball? Four times, yeah. All right. I'm gonna throw a last critique with some praise. This movie does not pass even close to passing the Bechdel test. No, <laughs> it's a movie about dudes for dudes by dudes. Just guys being dudes. What's better than Just that? Dudes being dudes, you know. <laughs> but I will say. Uh, <laughs> I am a huge fan of everything that Bennett Miller has done. I haven't seen the documentary that he did, which was his first film, but Capote, Foxcatcher, and this, I think, are all, like I said in the beginning, there's just excellent filmmaking. I just don't care about this. That's the beautiful thing about opinions is sometimes yours can be wrong, and that's okay. That's not the definition of an opinion. But is it okay? Like your opinion about the daughter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who are you talking to? Oh, Taylor. <laughs> Before I lose him anymore, let's play a game. I want to play a game. All right, everyone, gird your loins. Riddle me this. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. I despise guessing games. Come on, board. play with me. Riddle me that. All right. Since you guys were so mean to me this episode... It, it felt very kind to me. I didn't feel very yeah. hostile at all. We're going to do trivia. Oh, oh fucking God. hell. God damn it. Better not be baseball trivia. Thanks, Josh. It's not baseball trivia. Brought a notebook? For scoring. Okay, I was about to say. It is statistics trivia. What the, what the fuck? fuck? Statistics for what? Movies. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not that bad. See? Don't you regret being mean to me? Who was Where? mean to you? Where? Everybody. Everybody. Play it back. Play the whole episode back from right now. <laughs> Taylor has every right to come at me the way he did for Scrooge because I was mean in that episode. <laughs> You're always mean to me. This episode, we were holding you on a little light, fluffy pillow. Nobody was mean to you. Is this what it felt like when you brought in Coraline, Lacey? Don't. <laughs> I'm Don't. asking generally. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I my I've my hackles have never been up this high on the podcast before. I can see them. Every time Lacey brings a movie, it breaks my heart. <laughs> Every time oh, she's gonna get her feelings hurt. Yeah, like oh no, Lacey, don't do this. Yeah, don't do yeah. it. Coming next week, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I can't. I will never. I can't do it. No, please don't ever do that. Please don't. <laughs> All right. Why, Rashawn? 
Why? <laughs> because I care about you and I care about our friendship. Oh my god. <gasps> Rashawn hates Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. He thinks it's trash. You heard it here first. I didn't Oh my god. Damn, dragon. Play your little game, Steve Harvey. Go. <laughs> see, change your face. That's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. Change your face. All right. First, movie statistics question. The animators who created the pack of balloons in Up actually created and animated every single one. The entire canopy is filled with balloons, not just the outer shell. How many balloons in total were animated in Disney's Up? So, we're going to go around the room for this one. Closest wins. You can go over how many balloons were animated in the movie Up. Uh, I'll go by my list on my paper. Rashawn, you're first. Um, I'm going to say a clean 2,000. Oh, no. Now I'm scared because that was not anywhere close to what I was thinking. Me either. Lacey's all. face just told a story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not where I was at. That was, I have no, nothing to base that off of except the poster. I'm going to go way below that and I'm going to say 500. That's, that's a more reasonable answer. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say 250. I'm so glad I'm going last because my initial thought was 150,000. So I'm going to go 251. Including the interior of the balloon, the big surfacing, whatever, whatever. The total amount of balloons animated and up is 10,297. Oh my god! Rashawn! One point for Rashawn. Wow. This is a two-parter. What is the most profitable film of all time, and what was its return on investment? Just guessing? Just guessing. (laughs) What if I said The Lion King right now? (laughs) Rashawn? (laughs) I'm going to say... And for return on investment, we're we're looking for a percentage. Oh, okay. Uh, oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna say paranormal activity. That is correct. And return was like eighty percent. I don't know. Uh, I want to take other guesses for percent. We're gonna go around the room okay. again, Lacey. Two hundred percent. Mella. Rashawn, you got you did get the point for paranormal activity. Oh, it great. was correct. I'm gonna go with sixty percent. Taylor, two hundred and one percent. Whatever, Burgraff. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm trying to bring the Josh energy to a game where Josh isn't playing. Very good. Paranormal activity costs sixty grand only to make. It cost four hundred grand to market and brought in more than eighty nine million, giving it a return on investment of nineteen thousand seven hundred and fifty eight percent. Eighty percent, embarrassing. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Math is not my strong suit. We should have done baseball trivia. This is going really well. <laughs> All right, y'all. I'm gonna stop in the middle of this. I got most of these from an article that came out a few years ago, so some of these numbers may have changed. Not so much that you guys would know any better, but if there are any nerds listening, sorry. Josh. What's up? Go. Just go. (laughs) The two biggest money-losing films of all time came out in 2012, which lost $127 million, and 2011, which lost $143 million. Both took place on the same planet. What planet was it? Taylor. Mars. Correct. It's John Carter. Bonus points. <laughs> I'm going to guess John Carter might be one of them for bonus points. <laughs> bonus points. For anyone, that was number two. So bonus points if anyone can buzz in and give me the number one loser. <laughs> no. Oh. That would be 2000. Oh, 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 oh. Taylor? Taylor? Is it Mars Needs Moms? No fucking what? way. Yeah. <laughs> What? I'm sorry. It's it was what? Mars needs moms. It's Disney, right? Yeah, I think so. I've never even heard of this. Better be friends, Taylor. Now with that alley <laughs> <laughs> I'll give Rashawn an asterisk. If there's a tiebreaker, you will get a point for calling out John Carter. No, 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 no. Ah, no. uh, that's not how that works. <laughs> Just because you live outside the rules of a game doesn't mean you get a free tiebreaker. I, I spoke. I spoke out of turn. Okay. So I'll scribble out the asterisks now. It just looks like I 
forgot Rashawn's name. All right. The 2000 film Charlie's Angels has a body count of just three. What is the body count of Charlie's Angels full throttle? Taylor. Uh, one, and it's just me as I'm trying to watch that movie. <laughs> we were doing so well, man. That is the right answer, but not what I was looking for. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, oh, okay. it's more Thank than you. one. That's fine. As in like... <laughs> okay, okay, okay. 15. No. Close though. <laughs> Rashawn. He was counting on his fingers. <laughs> 12? No. Mella? 25. The right answer was 20, so I will give Lacey and Mel one point each. Yes! yes! What are you splitting points? What is this? We need it. We need okay. it. Oh, Bye. dear Lord, we need it. <laughs> three questions Bye. left. Taylor has three. Rashawn has two. Lacey and Mel both have one. While Titanic holds the record for consecutive weeks at the top spot in the movie charts with 15 consecutive weeks, what movie beats it by one in total weeks at number one? Frozen. Incorrect. Rashawn. Planking. Incorrect. Lacey? Taylor? Endgame? Incorrect. It could see that it could be Endgame now, but when this article is written, Taylor? Uh, I was playing with my hair, but I will go with um, Mars Needs Moms. <laughs> Can I try again? Uh, yeah, why not? Shrek. I wish. The correct answer is E.T. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I'm sure it's Endgame now, but stupid. As of like three years ago when this was written. What country has the most foreign film Oscar wins and how many do they have? Taylor. I am going to go with France and three. Incorrect on both counts. Rashawn. Spain. Incorrect. What is he? Okay, let's go around the room with our numbers guests. Taylor, three. Rashawn. Five. Five. Lacey. Six. Six. Mela. Nine. Nine. The correct answer is Italy with ten. So Mela gets a point. So we have a chance for a tie here. Am I still like in the lead by myself? Yeah, you've got three. Mel and Rashawn have two. Lacey, you've got one. I just want to see if I've got the ability to have a joke answer if I want it. So <laughs> <laughs> We love that. Final question. What actor is a part owner of the River Dogs, a minor league baseball team in Charleston? Taylor? Oh, I think I've made a mistake. I know Bill Murray owns a baseball team. But I think it's the baseball team in St. Paul. But I'm going to go with Bill Murray. The correct answer is Bill Murray. Nice. Hey. Does that sting, Rashawn? Does that sting? Taylor getting the winning answer with Bill Murray? I will say that Scrooge also has one of my favorite moments of the podcast, which is Josh trying to ask if Bill Murray is for black people. It's just <laughs> the tension in the room. You just get the tinglys on your spine as he's trying to do it. Talk about a tightrope, baby. <laughs> Well, congrats, Taylor. <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry, I was I was too bit I was too worried about rubbing it into Rashawn's face that I forgot to congratulate Yay. Taylor. Yay, Taylor! I did it. I won the game. Taylor came. He saw. He conquered. He and conquered. he's out. I've never been so excited to know about Mars has moms. <laughs> that moment. answer let you run away with it. Rashawn, would you have been able to guess Mars has moms or just John Carter? Nope, just John Carter. Even with John Carter, Taylor would have won. So. It's a true victory. <laughs> Look at you. I feel like you're trying to like pigeonhole me into your role as the villain in this yeah, game. Yeah, for sure. And, and I don't <laughs> I don't want it. I humbly accept this victory. You like me. You really like me. <laughs> Wrapping things up, it seems that we come to the conclusion that Brad Pitt doesn't miss. Aaron Sorkin doesn't miss for the whites. Moneyball <laughs> is at its core a good movie maybe hamstringed by its reliance on knowledge of baseball, but ultimately a good movie if you have any taste. Taylor, <laughs> we end each episode with a quick round of six degrees of separation to connect this week's episode to next week's. So who can give me the fastest connection between the star of this week's movie, Mr. Brad Pitt, to someone in next week's movie, Terry Crews? 
Oh boy, I don't know a lot of movies with Terry Crews in them. Me either. Like maybe one. Is it? Oh, hold on. Oh, that's right. He was in the Expendables 3. I got it. Of course he does. Uh -huh. ah, yeah, yeah. What you got? Um, Brad Pitt was in 12 Years a Slave with Lupita Nyong'o, who's in Us. Or who's in... Uh, nope, I don't have it. Oh <gasps> yes, I do. Oh. I, I know the connection you're going. Yeah, I do. Ah, yeah. Oh. Who's in? Oh, this is a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in Black Panther with Daniel Kaluuya? Who is in Get Out with Lakeith? Who's in Sorry to Bother You with Terry Crews? Terry Crews. Nice. Well done. I was trying to go Deadpool too. I was trying to Ooh, use bridesmaids. Yeah, huh? mm. That's good. That's good too, Lacey. I was nowhere. Yeah, the, like a the, brief the little moment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's Fucking Bri in the park. All right. Well, Taylor, how'd it go? How would you rate your first time participating in the podcast? I feel like you guys know more about this than I do. I feel like this was a lot more subdued than it sometimes gets on this this podcast. Like, I, I feel like there was a lot less yelling, and maybe it's because Josh was not trying to like go for the jugular on anyone but it, it felt good it, it felt i was i was playing more defensive I, than offensive this time i think <laughs> yeah i think i was more mad still about scrooge than i was about anything that happened about the movie we were actually talking about today i'm gonna make this up to you i don't know how <laughs> <laughs> i think you know how rashawn it won't be changing my opinion on scrooge <laughs> don't, don't do worry. no but... you know how we talked about how Cher did a one-woman show of West Side Story? Yeah, what you want me to do? I think you know. A one-man show of... No. West Side Story. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, Taylor, where can the people find you? Where can they reach out to agree or disagree with you? Uh, I mean, I think I'm Berg Tay on Twitter, but honestly, I'm not on socials that often, so... If you liked what you saw today, if you want more of me, at Cinephiles Attack and tell them you want me to come back and that you want me to fight about something else. I would love to be back. This has been a dream come true. Get the Tay Nation started. <laughs> the Tay Nation starts now. Tay Nation. <laughs> Once again, everyone, as I said at the beginning, and as Taylor so eloquently said, find us on social media, at Cinephile Attack. Follow us, like us, rate, review. It helps us out immensely. It helps this little community we have grow we appreciate you listening and if you don't like moneyball your mom's a hoe oh my From god josh mella lacy Deshaun, and and all gas no brakes <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for listening we'll catch you next week Bye. bye, -bye.